Welcome to the Nations Church Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Welcome to church. How are you guys? Happy Easter. Hello to everyone that's watching online as well, especially to our team in Cork as well. A very happy Easter to you wherever you might be watching this from. You guys doing okay? Who's happy to be at church today? Don't go all quiet on me. It's Resurrection Sunday, you guys. Come on. Can we give Jesus an almighty shout of praise for being the risen Savior? We celebrate a Jesus that is alive. How many of you are so glad about that? Amen. It is also Water Baptism Sunday. That's why we've got a, a, a spa in front of us. We don't usually have that if you're new to church. This is not our every Sunday, but it is Water Baptism Sunday. What is Water Baptism? I'm going to be explaining that in a little bit more detail, a little bit towards the end of my uh, short message today. But it's really basically people publicly declaring their faith and that they identify with the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And I'm so glad that all of you have made that decision today. People just like you across all our services, across all our campuses are being water baptized today. Can we give a, give a big hand to this group here? Wonderful, amazing people. How many of you had a great weekend so far? Enjoying Easter? How many of you had like a few too many hot cross buns already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no one? Oh, you guys are good. How many of you, are, honestly, you've had a few too many hot cross buns? I, to be honest, you cannot, for the life of me, understand the fuss over hot cross buns. It is just bread, isn't it? It really is just bread. How many of you like, really love it? You love a good hot cross bun. Yeah, wow. Amazing. Pork bowels for me. That's my, that's my dumplings. That's my little, that's my thing. That's, that's terrible. I eat pork on Easter weekend. Look, if you're new to church or maybe you're new to a setting like this, uh, our prayer for you is that today you'll just experience something powerful today because Jesus is here and He wants to show Himself to you today as real. And all that we want you to do today, if this is new and it's you know very unfamiliar for you, just open up your heart and, and, and see what God does. And so for the next 20 minutes or so, I want you to come with me to the book of John. It's at the end of the book of John in the Bible. We're in the second last chapter of the Gospels. We read about a woman that was a family friend of Jesus. Her name was Mary. And from what we know, she may be the first, if not one of the first people to be recorded to have encountered the resurrected Jesus. So John chapter 20, verse 11, we're going to go there. It says, Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. Then they asked the woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. That's a very important detail. She did not realize that it was Jesus. Then he asked the woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? How many of you know that if Jesus is asking a question, He's not looking for information? He was trying to draw a response out of her. And it says this, I find this humorous, thinking He was a gardener. Imagine confusing Jesus for Jim's the lawn mowing, lawn mower man. Thinking He was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried Him away, tell me where you have put Him and I will get Him. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary, calls her by name. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, 
which means teacher. So she finally, obviously, recognizes him. Verse 17, Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Verse 19, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked, say the doors locked. With the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you, or shalom be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the risen Lord. Can we give Jesus a big shout of praise for that? Incredible text. If you have not been at our Myri campus in the last couple of weeks, maybe you're, you're new here and, and this you want to make sense of what I'm speaking about today, I want to encourage you to dial into YouTube, look, search up Nations Church. A couple of weeks ago, I preached a message called, There is More to It Than You Think. How many of you were here for that? How many of you know there is so much more to Easter than you think? So much more than Easter bunnies and hot cross buns. Amen. Last week, I preached a sermon called, What God Didn't Do. How we ought to be grateful that Jesus didn't take himself off the cross. That's why we're celebrating the resurrected Savior today. That'll set up a little bit of a framework for what I'm about to speak to you today. But today, I want to talk to you on the subject matter, locked doors and an open tomb. Locked doors and an open tomb. For those of us that are Christian, and even for those of us that are not, the death and resurrection of Jesus is the pinnacle of human history. It changed humanity forever. I want to be so bold today as to say that regardless of what we believe about the resurrection, whether we believe it in it or not, or whether we half believe in it or not, or, or whether we're fully all in and we believe in it, it does not take away from the fact that the resurrection itself is powerful and it changed humanity forever. The resurrection, it's not affected by whether we believe in it or not. Its power is just as powerful regardless. And so if you don't believe in Jesus, our prayer for you today is that you simply consider in your heart what you're about to hear and see today. That the invitation of G uh, to receive Jesus, to receive His life-transforming love and His grace toward you is being extended to you today as it always is. There is no judgment here, no condemnation here, only love and grace. And so we pray that you'll just have your heart open to what God wants to say to you today. For those of you that are all in with this, this is like your grand final weekend and like you feel like you've just won the premiership. God bless you. Fantastic. I pray that today will be a celebration that simply reiterates and confirms in your heart the power of Jesus' death and resurrection. However, today for the next few minutes, I want to speak to the group of people that might be here that I can relate to. And uh, it, it's the people that might find yourself kind of in the in-between. And for different seasons of my own life, I can relate to what it feels like to kind of be in-between. What do I mean by that? I, I mean that we know that Jesus died for us. We believe that He forgave us. But we don't always live like He's alive. So it's one thing to believe that Jesus died for us. It's another thing to believe that He rose again for us. I need a resounding amen. Come on. His death alone was outrageous in the sense that an innocent man was charged with these trumped-up charges and he was crucified as a guilty person, even though he was completely blameless and faultless. And so the scandal of the day was that an innocent man was crucified on a criminal's cross. But in and of itself, death was not all that scandalous because how many of you know every person dies? Every person in this room will meet their end of life one day. And so Jesus dying was not 
scandalous per se because everyone dies. The resurrection, on the other hand, was far more scandalous. And if there was anything that the first century authorities tried to shut down, was not the news that Jesus died, but it was the news that Jesus rose again. That was the thing that was scandalous. It was the thing that birthed the early church into being. The resurrection is the thing that makes our faith distinct to all world religions. We have a risen Savior. And so I want to talk to some Christians today out of John chapter 20 where Mary came to the tomb and she was weeping because even though she knew Jesus died for her, her life on earth felt meaningless and purposeless because she hadn't realized yet that she had a risen Savior. She, at the time, after, uh, a couple of days after Jesus' death, all she could long for was to be reunited one day with her Savior. It was at the tomb that she comes face to face with a risen Savior, and yet she doesn't even recognize Him. How many of you have ever been in a season in your life where maybe you've walked with Jesus for a little bit, but you've gone through such a difficult and painful time that should Jesus show up in front of you, you'd struggle to recognize that He's even there? How many of you know that Jesus is more in your storm than you realize? He's more in your trial, your difficulty, your pain, your shame than you can even realize. And here is this is this beautiful story that, that, of John chapter 20, this true account of Jesus. And when he shows up to see his disciples, he finds them in the same state of mind that he found Mary at the tomb. They were huddled up that Easter Monday night behind locked doors, feeling defeated and deeply afraid that the authorities were going to come searching for them and that they would be arrested too. And as I began to read John chapter 20, I, I began to be so challenged this week about this question. Are you living your life behind locked doors when Jesus has given you an open tomb? Are you living your life behind locked doors to some degree, some area in your life, where you're living it behind locked doors when Jesus has given us an open tomb. There have been seasons in my life, different seasons. I, I, I raise a, a, a boy with, with disabilities and special needs, and we've been through tough times as a family and all of that. There have been seasons in my life where I've lived like Jesus has died for me, but I've not lived like He's risen again for me. This was where the disciples were at that first Easter weekend. Sunday had come, but they were living like it was still Saturday. They were hiding behind locked doors when the tomb was already open. They should have been on the streets proclaiming that He's risen, but instead they were hiding like He was still dead. And the entire Easter message culminates here at the open tomb. So much of the New Testament, when you read the Bible, reminds Christians in the early churches who they are, not because Jesus died, but because Jesus rose again. Ephesians 1.19 says this, I also pray, Paul prays for the church in Ephesus, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us. Say for us. How many of you realize that there is a power working for you? The power of God is working for you every day because He's risen. Power for us who believe Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. What is Paul saying? He's reminding the church that the same power that rose Christ from the dead is available to you and I today. And because He is risen, the church has access to the same power by faith. I'm even so glad you don't have to live your life behind locked doors anymore. 
You've got an open tomb. Paul then goes on to say this in Ephesians 1, God has put all things, say all things, under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things, double emphasis, for the benefit of the church. I'm so glad I'm part of the local church. Jesus died and rose again for the local church. The risen Savior now rules and reigns over all things. And as His church, His power working in us is our inheritance. Oh man, somebody needs to get excited this Easter Sunday. So if you think about this, what are the implications of this truth? How should I apply this gospel that includes the resurrection of Jesus? Well, it actually means if we were to live like the resurrected Savior and the power that rose Him from the dead is in us, well, it means that we actually get to live and become the people the Bible describes us to be. Do you know that the Bible has some descriptors that describe you, how you should be? I know the world's placed some labels on you. But the Bible has already labeled you because of what Christ has done for you. Here's one label. The Bible calls you an overcomer. Luke 10 verse 19. How many of you like to be an overcomer? Well, that's who you are. The Bible calls you more than a conqueror. Romans 8 verse 37. Here's another descriptor. Victorious. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 calls us that. Triumphant is another descriptor for us in Psalm 41 and so much more. None of these descriptors actually imply that if you believe in the resurrected Savior, you actually live a life that is absent from challenge or trial or adversity and pain and opposition and all that. These descriptors simply tell you that you have power and authority over the things that might come against you. And what's more... Is that you don't just get to be all that the Bible describes you to be. You get to have all that the empty tomb or the open tomb has already given you. And that is hope and joy and peace and power and authority and prosperity and health and all of the things that God has given you. So why live behind locked doors when you have an open tomb? You know, as we think about what Easter Sunday means, a Resurrection Sunday means, it's, it's easy to also relate to. There's no judgment here today. If you're, if, you're, if you're here in this place and you're finding yourself in a place of struggle, I can relate to that. You're not alone because we see in John chapter 20, Mary was crying. She was weeping at the tomb. Jesus died for her, but she hadn't realized that Jesus had risen again for her. And when he was right there in front of her, she was so distraught at the fact that he died and that she felt meaningless on this earth now that he was gone that she didn't even recognize him. She confused him for a Jim's lawn mowing man lawnmower. Right? She didn't recognize him. In Luke chapter 24, there was another account of two disciples that were walking down a road called Emmaus. They were walking and they were literally talking about the saddest things they could think about. They were so despondent. The risen Savior shows up walks right next to them and they didn't even recognize who he was. And these guys were walking with him every day for three years. And he turns to them and says, why are you walking? And talking about things that make you sad. In John chapter 21, there's another account of the disciple Peter. He, he knew Jesus so well. He walked with Jesus. But after denying Jesus three times, he was so despondent, so disillusioned, so disappointed in himself that he's, he goes back fishing and reverts back to his old name. The resurrected Savior shows up at the shores of Galilee, calls out to him, and Peter doesn't even 
recognize Him. I'm wondering today if you're here at church and you're going through something right now and you came to church and, and, and I, I want to suggest to you that today that Jesus is more in your problem, He's more in your situation, He's more in your circumstance and your trial than you even realize. See, when we're going through something, G- Jesus is not the problem. The problem is that we at times fail to recognize that He's right there with us. So we live behind locked doors when we've already got an open tomb. Our spiritual sight gets affected when we go through tough times. We struggle to see Jesus as He is. He's the risen King. We struggle to see ourselves as overcomers, as victorious, as more than conquerors. But I want to suggest to you this Easter Sunday, my message is very simple because I don't have long with you. The message of Easter is the gospel message that He is not just crucified, but He's also risen. We don't just have a cross, but we've got an open tomb. He's not just the lion, the lamb that died for you, but he's also the lion that roars for you. He is both. Jesus loves you. That's why he died for you. Jesus can save you if you put your trust in him and believe in him. And if you respond to his perpetually open invitation to you to put your heart in his hands. But Jesus also came to heal you, to restore you, to bring you from death to life. The risen Savior came out to get you out of Saturday and into Sunday. Out from behind locked doors and out from an open tomb. Out of being saved to also living victoriously. All the things you heard about Jade's testimony wasn't because Jesus just died for her, but Jesus also rose again for her. So Easter is about fully putting your faith in the truth that Jesus died for you, but also identifying with the reality that He rose again for you. Thanks for listening to the Nations Church podcast. For more info, please visit nationschurch.com. Thank you.